Good evening, everyone. It's Wednesday, August the 5th, maybe? I don't know what day it is. That's so pathetic. How do you not know the date? Oh, okay. Wednesday, August 5th, happy hump day. It's Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed. And part of the reason I don't know the date is because I didn't do the promo for this week because I've just, I just didn't do the promo for this week, but it is the 5th, so thank you guys for joining me hi stephanie thank you for joining me i've been thinking about you today i woke up from my nap and you were the first person on my mind so i thought maybe you were trying to connect with me and um uh we connected so hi there thank you for joining me tonight so it's joycelyn wells at joy exposed and let's get started three cheers of joy so a couple things i have a perrier mainly because I've finished almost my whole bottle of wine. I was on another call before this and I was drinking my wine and so now I'm almost out of wine. So let's do three cheers of joy. My first cheer of joy is, I went back to work this week. I actually went back to work on Friday and it's really interesting because I'm gonna now start referring to my teaching as my part-time job. I mean, it's full-time, but it's not gonna be my primary job. So I went back to work teaching on Friday, but we don't have any kids there. And we'll discuss that. So for pre-planning. So my first cheer of joy is still being on the payroll. Cheers to getting a paycheck. My second cheer of joy, oh, and I'm drinking Poppy, you know, that Malbec that I like and it's empty. You see that? I just poured the rest into my Steffi. 50 years of joy. So my second cheer of joy would be peace. I find myself in this unique space of peace. Um, I'm okay, right? So I'm okay. That's my second cheer of joy. My third cheer of joy is, wait a minute, I'm going to have to turn off my, I'm going to have to mute my, um, messenger because it keeps dinging you guys heard that oh maybe it's not i don't know what that dinging noise is but okay so my third cheer of joy is going to be i've exercised every day since <laughs> sunday <laughs> so it's wednesday so monday tuesday wednesday i've exercised for three days in a row so cheers to exercise so my first cheer of joy was mm, being on the payroll, I went back to work, so cheers to that. My second cheer of joy, I, see how quickly I forget those? My second cheer of joy was, I really can't remember. My third cheer of joy, oh, it was, in, I'm in a good place. I am found a good place of peace, that was number two. And my third cheer of joy was I've exercised every day since Sunday, so three days of exercise. And I've been on some really kind of intense exercises and um i'm digging it right because i'm feeling better but i'm today i'm aching because i did this crazy bottom half of my body exercise so it's really had me a little bit fucked up but you know i'm gonna be all right so i'm gonna hang on to that so those are my three cheers of joy i hope you're celebrating with me i hope you got some yummy stuff that you're celebrating i hope that um you have a cocktail that you're um 
drinking, something you want to share. And I hope you found three things that benefit you that you can put out there for your three cheers of joy. So that's very important that you're able to do that. Um, I was trying to pull up my, let me turn my volume down so I can't hear that. I was trying to pull up so I can hang on to the comments because I keep missing comments. That's one of the things I haven't been able to figure out. You guys know I'm technologically challenged. So, um, so three cheers of joy tonight is brought to you by Perrier. Yay for some water and my poppy Malbec. So that's good. All right, so let's get started. I have a couple of Facebook posts a week and I've tried to share them on my page so that I could reference them when I needed to reference them. But last week, I didn't do a podcast on Wednesday night because as soon as I started trying to log into my computer, it told me that I had some updates and it took like 30 minutes to go through this update process. And then by then I was kind of, I won't do it. Um, and then the next day I'd spend about 15 minutes talking about the irony between us celebrating the life of John Lewis and then the death of Herman Cain within the same day, right? So John Lewis died, Herman Cain died, but John Lewis died. We had his big funeral where the presidents went to speak, everybody except our recent, our current president went to speak and pay respect to him for his contribution to civil rights. So that was a big deal for America, not even Black America, for America, because John Lewis did so much in the right, um, in voters' rights and human rights and Black American rights. And that's his, that was his pillar, his pillars. And then we had Herman Cain, who was the Republican who supported the Republican Party, who kind of went against the grain for the wearing the mask for the COVID, he died on the same day from COVID. So I kind of wondered how <clears throat> Black America would receive him or how we would, how America would receive him because we've got two Black American men who wanted to make a difference in their own right. One Democrat, one staunch Republican, they tried to do it in what they saw was the best thing, right? So I just thought that was pretty unique um, and pretty interesting in the way that that kind of fell. Herman Cain, you know, he had his own story of being poor and getting himself together and moving out the ideas of what needed to happen, which aligned more with the Republican Party, which in this day and age is more white America than Black America. But he did take the ultimate hit because he died from COVID. He decided to eschew the guidelines of um, what he needed to do to protect himself. And the funny thing is, since he's died, I haven't heard the news even talk about him. I haven't heard about any memorials. I haven't um, heard about anybody doing anything. So he went in this place of what he thought was righteousness to not get any recognition of even existing. So that's kind of interesting to me. I, you know, y'all know, I spend a lot of time in this brain of mine. So um, I have to figure out, um, you know, why, why am I thinking about it and what relevance does it have to me? And will the Republican party that he supported and, majority um, white America, will they 
will they do a tribute to Herman Cain? Like, will they think that, will they pay that tribute to Herman Cain? Like, would have been paid to him had he been that, um, had he stood in the Democratic Party and for Black America, right? So, I'm, you know, it's really interesting because, you know, but whatever. So that's what I talked about last week on Thursday, just to kind of make up for that I fucked up on Wednesday. I didn't get into a show. But as I was doing it, I realized the memorial for John Lewis was going on. So I cut it short, but only about 15 minutes. Tried to make some poignant um, points about it just to, you know, but you know, here I am tonight. So hi, Kim, thank you for watching. And hey, Sheila, it's good to see you too. Thank you, thank you. Um, you're right, Stephanie, they don't care about Herman Cain. And he sacrificed himself in the kind of black, for black America, he sacrificed himself. He exiled himself pretty much out of black America to go stand in this place that wouldn't receive and recognize him. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. But I mean, nevertheless, he did become a successful black American man and it didn't align with that um, as John Lewis did, but he did do his, he did his own thing. So we'll have to, we still kind of know that he was a black American man, whether we agree with him or not, he pulled himself out of it, out of the muck, right? So that's one of the things that we have to, um, keep in mind. Um, so that's what I did last Thursday, just trying to make up for the fact that I flubbed up and I wasn't in place. <sighs> so my bad, my bad, my bad. All right. So let me look real quick, see if I got a couple of Facebook posts of the week. I'm trying to figure out how to um, get my podcast working well because I need me some sponsors. <laughs> so I got to try to format it. So it's 9-12 and we're going to do Facebook Post of the Week. And our, this week, our Facebook Post of the Week is brought to you by STM Specialties or Stephanie Specialties. You can find them at stmspecialties.com. There's a whole website of uh, great products and you're looking from crafting products and uh Yeti, I call them Steffies. They're the insulated mugs and wine glasses and all of it, you know, personalized, whatever you want. Great quality work. So Stephanie Specialties is sponsoring Facebook Post of the Week. So my first Facebook Post of the Week is, it's a little meme of a child, a little girl sitting in a chair and a little boy standing next to her. And the little girl says, that teacher in there don't know shit about math. She makes me want to drink. So the little boy's response is, stop it, Carol. Mom is trying. <laughs> so that's kind of the homeschool spin, right? Like the kids are like, what the hell? And, you know, because now with COVID as it is and the numbers rising and the school's trying to go back in, you know, we have to consider that parents are put into a different role as trying to facilitate education. And that's not something that parents want to do. Parents aren't necessarily, parents have never considered themselves as being in the role of education because they're the parents and somebody else does the education for them, right? So 
now it's different because the parents are now understanding how important their role is in the lives of their kids and they can't just rely on the school system to do it and so that's pretty interesting um and i'm i'll talk i'll talk about that because that's kind of where i am right now trying to figure this whole piece out of what's supposed to be happening um let's see let me find another one so that's my homeschooling piece okay Another Facebook post of the week is five tips for a woman. Now, you know, I read this because I'm be trying to figure us out and figure men out too. There are five tips for a woman. The first tip, it is important that a man helps you around the house and has a job. Wholeheartedly agree with that. That is important. Number two, it is important that a man makes you laugh warms my heart it is number three it is important to find a man you can count on and doesn't lie to you very important extremely important no lies number four it is important that a man loves you and spoils you yes very important i think all of these are equally important thus far and number five <laughs> It is important that these four men don't know each other. <laughs> I was like, now that's funny. So you got <laughs> four different men to provide you with all these things. And the most important of them all is that they don't know each other. So I love that. I thought that was funny. Oh, shoot. I forgot to say where I got that post from. Let me find it real quick. That came from, doo, 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 doo. who posted that? KK from a group that I'm in. So they posted that and I thought it was hilarious because, I mean, no man's going to let us have five different men. I mean, four different men. No one would be okay with that, but I still think it's funny. Mm. So cheers to that. Hey there, Barisa. Barisa's got her Stella Rosa. Um, yes, Sheila, you're exactly right. Sheila's referring to, I'm looking at the comments right now, Herman Cain. We do recognize him because he is Black and he did become successful and he made it out. We don't necessarily appreciate the ideology or the his stance on the Republican side, but I'm sure he had his intention. He had good intention of why, and that's okay. We don't all agree with each other all the time, and that's fine. We just have to respect it, but he took a great loss, and we'll see that he, we already see that he didn't, he's not getting the recognition of a great man because, you know, Black America isn't necessarily supporting his decision to not, uh, be a part of so all right so let me check my other facebook posts of the week i just got a lot of stuff in here saved because i've been working out all these different things let's see if this is it no that's not it i got so much junk in my phone um kim chevalier posted something but I can't, I thought I screenshot it. I guess I didn't. All right, well, my bad. If I, if I come across it, I'm gonna, I'll read about it. 
but um, if I come across it, I'll read about it. But I don't see it right now. I'll just keep looking. Um, last Wednesday, I went uh, kayaking. And I don't know if you guys have ever gone kayaking, but I had a great freaking time. It was about six miles and I went with one of my teacher friends. So she's the same teacher friend that we stole a swimming pool. I don't know if I told you guys about it. Let me, I'll back up and tell you guys that. Last summer, one of my teacher friends, white, she's a white American woman. She's a couple years older than me, but you know, white American women have privilege that's what they do they're called we call them karens because they do what the fuck they want to do so she called me one day last summer and was like hey let's go swimming let's go hang out at the pool drink some tequila that's what she says tequila and i'm like okay so i get to her she's like come on i thought she had a pool at her house i get there there's no pool she's like come on we're gonna go i got a friend has a pool at his condo okay so I get in the car with her, we ride. We get to the condo and we can't get in the fucking building. So I'm like, this is some bullshit. But she's like, it's okay. We're gonna wait a few minutes for him to call me back. Well, in the few minutes we waited, he didn't call back. So she's finally like, well, come on, I know somewhere else. I'm like, bitch, we finna go to jail. That was my thought, we finna go to jail. Well, we ended up going to a hotel in downtown Tampa. And uh, she's like, she pulls up into the hotel in the little roundabout. The valet is there. She hops out, gives her keys to the valet. Come on, girl. She's from Alabama. Come on, girl. Let's go. So I was like, bitch, we can't go to this pool. We don't know. Them. <laughs> this is me. I, we can't go to this pool. I don't know nobody. We don't know nobody here, right? Girl, come on. It's all right. Come on. So I was like, well, hold on. She was like, leave your purse in the car. You don't need your purse. And I was like, bitch, I need my ID. I got to take my ID. She was like, you don't need your ID. I said, I need my ID just in case the police come. I need my ID. She was like, well, why would the police come? Cause I'm black <laughs> so, and I'm hijacking the swimming pool. So she was like, oh no, I'm so sorry that you feel like that. But what was I supposed to think? We just pull up at the hotel. So I get my ID and credit card out of my purse and I go, we go in, we walk through the hotel. I'm walking with her. She's walking like she owns the hotel. We walk through there. We walk straight back to the pool. She tells the lady at the bar before we even sat down, two shots of tequila. I was like, we really going to jail today. Like this is some bullshit, but whatever, I'm here for it. So we go, we sit down, the lady brings the shots of tequila. I'm expecting her to say, do you have your room key? Do you, you know, that kind of thing. So I'm just sitting there chilling cause I'm, I'll be ready to leave. Like, shit, I, I'm gonna go, just leave. I'm not going to jail with her. So we sat there, we drank our tequila. The, the lady came brought the tequila. She was like, bring us two more shots and then we'll have a couple of salads. Like she just like, we in there. So we get food, we have our shots. She have our shots, she eat, she get in the pool. Come on, come on, 
soon. I get in the pool, we're playing around in the pool and stuff and talking and laughing. I'm still apprehensive because we're literally hijacking a fucking swimming pool on the river, like a beautiful resort pool on a river in downtown Tampa. But we stayed down there for hours. No one ever came for us, the police or guards or nothing. And we had a great time. And so that was, for me, I was afraid because I didn't know you could hijack a pool. I feel like if I roll up in a place that I don't have a room, somebody's gonna kick me out of the fucking place. <laughs> that you just can't do that. But that was kind of cool. So she and I had a great time. Her name's Kelly. So we had a great time there. So last Wednesday, well, a week before she asked if I wanted to go kayaking and I was like, yeah, I'll go. And I put it on the calendar and kayaking. And when I got back from my mom's on Monday, she and I went kayaking on Wednesday morning, which was a phenomenal morning. And she owns her own kayaks, but we didn't do tandem. We did separate. So I had my own kayak and she had hers. And, uh, it probably took us about three and a half, three hours, 45 minutes to do the six miles, mainly because I'm not a avid kayaker. You know, I've only been kayaking maybe twice. I went in San Juan with my son, maybe another time years ago. So I had to kind of get my bearings with the kayak. And that was fun. I was grateful for that experience with her. To, and I know that she's fearless in it. So she's fearless and I've experienced that with her in the other situation. So in this situation, I was fine. So I liked being with her and knowing that she was going to make sure that whatever happened, I was okay. So that was pretty fun. So if you haven't been kayaking, you should go kayaking. And if you come to Tampa, we can go kayaking. I can take you. Um, that could be part of our thing to do. So that was, I had a great time with Kelly. And she's proven to be a really good friend. And, and I was telling um, my faceless love about that. One of the things that I've managed to do my whole life is I always have just a really neat white American woman that's in my life from the time I started working. There's always somebody that's always trying to get me to experience or do new things, to take me places and and I, I, that means a lot to me. And I haven't really spent a lot of time reflecting on it. But as I get older, I know that there's always been somebody. There's always been. I haven't had any um, issues with them. I shoot my friend that I worked with, Sharon. We went to New York. She's my first trip to New York with her to this amazing Jewish wedding. And I would have never experienced New York that way on my own. So there's always, we always have somebody outside of our cultural norm that gives us access to something else. And I've really appreciated that. So Kelly is my person right now. Well, actually I have a few of them now, Kelly, Jennifer, Miranda. So these, and these are people I've met through work that I've just connected with. And so it's really interesting in the time of our racial kind of chaos and our racial upheaval that I've made these great connections with these people that I don't see limited in the confines of race. Like I see them as people, 
I respect them as people. I don't expect them to do anything negative to me. I trust them and they have, we forged a relationship. So that's really interesting. And, um, and nobody's ever really talked about that. You know, nobody's talking about it. It's just, but you know, when you meet these people and they, um, you respect them and they respect you, it makes a huge difference in what the racial issue is or the cultural thing is. You, you have a mind open enough to keep that balance without it being uneasy. And nobody has reached out to me. None of my white American people that I deal with have reached out to me to say like, I'm sorry, or I didn't know you felt like this or this, because I think they all understand who I am. They really accepted me from me. And they know that Joycelyn is outspoken and she's honest and she's transparent. If she had an issue, she would have said there was an issue or she wouldn't have done, you know, they kind of, they see that in me and they respect that. So I appreciate that, them seeing me as a person and not just as a black person, but I appreciate them recognizing culturally that we are, that there are differences and respecting that without trying to make it about them. And so I really appreciate the idea of kind of those cross-cultural relationships and mainly they're made in, in, in the workplace. And I have some really just amazing people that I've worked with and forged some good relationships with. So to kind of top on that, I um, took this survey from Harvard um, talking about racial bias. So I took the survey, they wanted us to take it for school and um, I took it and my survey said that I was partial. I favored black Americans slightly more than I did white Americans. And I think that's because I was raised with black Americans. So that's who I see my love with. But I do have a understanding that we're all human and I don't have any racial bias. I have a preference because those are the people who raised me and love me, Black Americans. My mom, my aunties, my cousins, you know, that's where I receive my love. That's where I know what love feels like. That's where, so that's understandable for me. So there wasn't necessarily an implicit bias, but there was a, there was a bias. There was a preference for, but I know that I've, anywhere that I am, anywhere that I've worked, anywhere that I am, I know that I've made some great, relationships with white American, black Americans, whatever it is, whoever you are, wherever country, even when I'm traveling, when I was in China by myself, I met some amazing people when I was in China by myself that I still keep in contact with today. When I travel to Mexico often and I'm walking through the streets of Juarez and meeting people in shops, I have amazing people that I still keep contact with today. So I think I've been gifted with this ability to appreciate people as they are and not limit them to culturally where they are, if that makes any sense. So I just wanted to share that about um, me and Kelly still in the pool, stealing the pool and then going kayaking because that was a really neat experience. And, um, you know, going to New York with Sharon, that was a neat experience. and. Working, I 
one of my favorite people that worked with her name was Lynn. Her name is Lynn. She's still living. So she taught me so much about work ethic and just being so smart. Hell, even Sharon wrote me a post one time saying, if she said, you're so brave. If I could be anyone else, I'd want to be you. And that was really, to me, it was like, bitch, what? You make buku money and you are Karen for real. Like you are Karen on go. But I just thought that for someone to make that comment, to see me and think they would trade who they are to be me, that made me feel like I'm at least holding the torch of goodness. Like I'm at least traveling a path of goodness, right? So, you know, I have to, I, that's the stuff that I keep. I don't, I don't spend my time trying to keep myself in a box because God didn't design me that way. I'm a human first and foremost for, and I was fortunate to be born as a black American woman. Fine. I I'm, take that too. But I also know that I'm free. I'm a free woman and I'm my words are important. My movements are important. My thoughts are important. So that's more how I, more so how I identify myself as a product of the universe and not just a product of Joyce and Gordon, right? I'm not there. I'm not limited because of who my parents are. I have unlimited access because I recognize that the universe lives in me. So I thought I'd share that about that so anyway if you guys come to tampa and you want to go kayaking come to tampa let's go kayaking if you want to find yourself in a new position in a new place let's talk about it what's a new place that you want to be in there's so much so many things that i want to do still and you guys know i do a lot of stuff but I want to go hot, do a hot air balloon, and I'll probably do that in the next couple months. I'm excited about that. I'm trying to go hiking for my birthday up in somewhere, maybe in Tennessee or part of the Appalachian Trail. So I'm trying to do that. I, you know, I'm open to anything. Like, and and right now because we're locked inside of the United States, I have to figure out at this point how do I make the most of the U.S. How do I make the most of me? in the confines of the US because my travel has been limited because of the coronavirus. So, you know, so I just thought I'd share that story about Kelly and she's so much fun, she's silly. And I never ask anybody of my white American or Caucasian American or Indian or Native American or Spanish American, I never ask anybody what they see when they see me. I take that literally for how they treat me and that's the only thing that is important because you guys know from past episodes, you don't have the opportunity to mistreat me. I don't give a fuck who you are. You don't get to mistreat me. It doesn't matter. Your role, your culture, your color, how you identify, fuck you, you can't mistreat me. That's just who I am. So, um, so I don't really, it doesn't really matter to me what they see when they see me, what matters is how they treat me as a person and someone in their lives. So that's that. All right, so let's see. The next segment is brought by, oh, 
damn it, it's over there. I bought some lip. There's a little girl on my timeline who has her own lip gloss line. And uh, Kamei's lip gloss, I believe. Damn it, I have to post the picture on my page. So this segment is brought by um, Kamei's lip gloss line. I'll post the picture. But I wanted to say that to introduce this. You see this? This is a whole tin filled with coins. Did you guys hear there's a coin shortage in the United States? There has a whole coin shortage in the United States and this tin of coins came from my mother's house. So I'll tell you about that in a second. So Sheila said, I have two Karens in my life that definitely helped me expose my kids to so many things, going to other countries, skiing, so many things for the past 18 years. And they're white and gay, but I never judged them. Our kids played ball together. So Sheila, and that's important because we were, the, the Karen thing is what's so funny is because we have all, whether you understand it then or now, you've all been with a white American woman who's gonna demand that things are done their way, whether it's your benefit or not. We've all experienced that. But we also know that these same women, if they're on your side, they're gonna fight for you, right? If they're on your side, they're gonna fight for you. And we can never get anybody to give up who they are. We can, no one's ever going to give up who they are and no one's ever gonna respond in the way that you want them to respond. We'll never all be the same. That's not how humanity works. We're all different. So I, but we have to make sure that people are to the benefit of goodness, right? People are to the benefit of goodness. And if your intention is to stop someone from being good or doing good, then you're foul. And that's where we're seeing a lot of these videos of the women going off and being racist or being mean or trying that that's not good i don't care what what your culture is if your intention is to limit someone's movement or to mistreat someone or to be racist then across the board it's fucked up so you know and i mean and that's hard we're dealing with that so yes varisa the coins had an experience with cvs telling me they had no change and can they round up and give the difference to charity <laughs> right so there is a coin shortage. No one, uh, for us, we never thought there would be a whole corn shortage. So we're at my mom's house, this filled with coins. She tells my grandbaby, take it home with you, which she could barely carry. And I wondered how many homes across the United States has a coins stashed. How many coins have been thrown away? How many coins have been lost? So now we're down to a coin shortage. And it's that's really interesting because I remember being a little girl and my uncle Lee would have a quarter, no, he'd have a dime, a nickel and a penny in his hand and ask me which one did I want? And I'd take the nickel, why? Cause it was bigger. I would always choose the nickel, not understanding the value of the dime being more. 
So now we're in a place that our coins are limited. And that just says we're moving closer to a, a cashless society, which will be a transition. And we've been going that way since debit cards. So this isn't new. Nobody's really surprised by it. Um, but we have been moving the way of the cashless society. And now how do you, how do we function in it? I rarely use cash, but sometimes I do. Uh, so, but now because they're, the signs are posted about the cash shortage, I've been trying to pay more attention to when I use cash and uh, make sure I use a card. Uh, I was in um, Family Dollar, it's a little, so where I live in Lakeland, because you know, I live here with my daughter and my son-in-law and my grandbaby, and I'll just be here for less than a year. I'm moving next June. Ah! I got plans. I'm excited about that. I'll talk about it more, but yeah, I got stuff to do. Anyway, so my time here is short, but where we live, there's a little market. It's called Save a Lot. It's a grocery store. It's like a little low budget market. It's like a less than a Winn-Dixie, but it's a market. I mean, it's off-brand, maybe like a Aldi, but it doesn't have as many much produce as Aldi and doesn't have the household stuff in it. So, but it's, it's fine, it's close, it's meat is fine, everything is fine, it's no big, it's clean, no big deal. So there's a all, I mean, there's a save a lot and there's a family dollar and there's a laundromat. And of course there's a nail salon and a subway in this plaza that's walking distance from where we live. So I could go to any of the other places but I like to get my walk on. So I go over to the save a lot. Well, they have the signs up about not having any of the cash. You know, we have less, we don't have a lot of coins. So if you don't have exact change, we might not be able to give you a change back. So, you know, okay. So that means for me, I need to do something different. Well, I was in, um, I went to the family dollar. This is talking about the cashless society. I went to the family dollar to buy some stuff. Well, when I go walking, I carry my fanny pack and I put my debit card or credit card and ID in it, right? Well, I get there, I go to pay for my stuff at the Family Dollar. I go in and my cards aren't in there. They're still in my purse. I didn't move them over or I moved them over, whatever. So I tell the guy at the register, and I'm talking to my daughter, Joya, on the phone. I tell the guy at the register, can you suspend my order? I've got to go home and get my debit card. Now I've got my phone, right? I've got my phone. But because I'm a... Gen Xer, I'm trying to figure out, I got to go physically get something to pay. So I tell my daughter and I'm leaving, I'm like, I got to go home and get my card. And she was like, oh, I didn't, my card was being sent to me. That's what it was. She was like, well, let me Apple pay you some money and pay with Apple pay. So I was like, really? So I looked at the guy, I was like, you take Apple pay? He was like, yeah. I was like, oh. And then I told my daughter, that's okay, I got it. But she sent me money anyway. So by the time I got outside, she sent me money. I came right back in. And I said, can you show me how to use the Apple Pay? And he was like, yeah, you know, so he walked me through the process of it. And I was like, man, this is crazy. Like I'm literally buying something without swiping a card, giving some cut. Like I, that was me realizing how powerful it was 
to do this cashless exchange in a market. So I, I, now that we're down to the no coins, it's really interesting because we're, we're getting there now. And so what do we do? So we're going to, everybody's going to switch to some form of cashless currency. Remember when back in the day, you couldn't get a credit card if you had bad credit. And then the bank starts setting up debit cards with the Visa and MasterCard logos. So you didn't need good credit to get a debit card because you were just spending your cash out of your straight out of your account. And now they're getting rid of the coins and then the dollars will follow. And I wonder how long it's gonna take for you to be able to say you're paying in Bitcoin or you're paying in some, kind, some other kind of digital currency, which some of those things you can do online. So we're, you know, we're in a cool little place in this generation to be able to witness these things, which my son, my kids, it's what they'll know. And my granddaughter will only know it. I mean, she's three and she knows how to use, she has her own iPhone, so she can use that. She can use the tablet. And a thing that I noticed about her, she's really big on logos. That brand recognition is key. So the little kids, Target, Walmart, Subway, Walgreens. She, her mom's car is a Volkswagen. Volkswagen. It's my mom. That's like my mommy's car. That's like my daddy's car. She's very big on those small symbols. She's very keen on those. And I just think that's really neat because I don't remember that. I mean, I remember the golden arches. That was my logo. That's what I remember about um, uh, logos. Those the golden arches. McDonald's was king when I was growing up, and. Uh, now the kids are so aware and from YouTube to um, Netflix there, she's able to look at these logos on the phone to see what she wants to go to. And I think that's just really astounding. So, you know, it's, it's crazy beyond. So if we're not teaching them, they're definitely learning anyway. So go around your house. And why don't you post a picture of your coin container? I know you guys got them. I know y'all got some big old things of coins in y'all house. All right, so uh, let's see what's next. I'm gonna talk about a few minutes about um, going back to going back to work. Just a couple minutes about that because I wanted to share something about my faceless love too. But so you guys know I'm in education and we went back to work last Friday. And um, I'm scared. Like, I ain't scared. Like, I'm not going to go because I already went. We just don't have any kids there. Tomorrow, the board will vote to see if we're going to do e learning or brick and mortar. But my understanding, all the teachers and all the schools in the district have voted to do e-learning so we'll see what, what the board says and they have to i'm sure they'll support that right like it wouldn't make any sense otherwise well today we were in a meeting and i was all gung-ho on being there and getting ready for the kids to come back and somebody talked about somebody asked where would the kids get their temperature checked in the mornings and we found out that the kids wouldn't be getting their kid their temperatures checked and we were all like Hold the fuck up. What you mean? <laughs> because I'm in a little school, alternative school. So 
for me, we don't have a lot of kids. We could literally check their temperatures, but they went on, somebody went on talking about how it would be a, vi a violation of their HIPAA policy. So we're like, we get our temperature checked every time we come in the building, but the kids don't get their temperature checked. What? So it became this whole big discussion. And then I was apprehensive about being there because I was thinking, well, hell, who's taking care of me? Like, am I literally walking into this cesspool of COVID because of what? So I was really concerned about that. So when I heard that the um, kids were getting their temperatures checked, the kids were not getting their temperatures checked, I was thinking I needed to figure out what was going to be the best thing for me. How would I handle this? And um, how would I handle this? And, you know, how was I going to keep myself safe? So that was pretty much my I, my under, my thoughts when I was in that meeting today is like, we're going to let the kids come up in here, but whatever yucky yuck they bring from wherever they've been and no one's going to protect us. I didn't like that. And that was probably today. That was probably the first time that I thought about leaving education in a long time because my plans were to stay in education and to move into um, administration. And now I'm like, yeah, I don't know that I want to stay in education. I don't, I don't know about that. So that's been a that's different for me right now. And so um, King Opalapa said, oh. Opalaka, he must be from down south. My son and I just had that conversation. He said his son's not going to school. Yeah, and a lot of parents have made that decision that they, they will teach their kids from home. Some parents have suggested brick and mortar, but for the most part, everybody's going with the e-learning because the numbers are crazy. We've got schools have been in session for two days and kids are testing positive. And we don't know what the positive results are gonna bring we know already know that people have been dying from it. And now we're talking about putting kids in the mix. And then the president made a comment yesterday talking about it is what it is when it comes to the people who are dying. Like, hell, I hate for lay people, regular people to say that it, it is what it is. For the president, the leader of the free world to say it is what it is, it's like, we all finna fucking die. <laughs> he ain't caring about none of us, but it himself. And, and that's crazy. So we, I'm really trying to figure out the best way to do this. So, you know, I'm just, you know, and I, I, you know, and I have a business, I started a business and I'm trying to figure out how to work the business, how to make some money, how to, you know, get to a place that I can live off my residuals. And, um, oh, wow. Here's a, some, Don said he knows a teacher that just got it. That's crazy. Uh, the kids are probably the least concerned about being safe. Yeah, but you know, the kids are concerned, but they're kids. So they have a kid mentality of whatever, but the parents are like, go, go to school, get out of the house. So Stephanie says, Alyssa is dual enrolled. She first decided to go to school for one class, but this past weekend she decided to do e-learning. So she's in the process of changing it. Yeah, and it is very, it's very easy to die from that, Sheila, you're right. And and that's the thing, it's like, we wanna go back into our normal spaces because it's normal and we're comfortable with it, but it's, you don't see what's happening and you just kind of like, oh. 
I'm gonna die from it. I'm, I don't wanna die from it. <laughs> I wanna go back and I wanna be available, but am I ready, am I gonna die from it? And um, that's one of the things that's been very, the conversation has been is that teachers go to school every day ready to die. We, we do active shooter drills. Like we know that for the past few years since Columbine that there have been gunmen on campus shooting up a campus. We have to do active shooter drills. We have been placed in a position to know that if somebody comes on campus with a gun, we'll probably be the first to go down in our classroom. So we know that. So it's not like we're not wanting to take responsibility for our children in our classroom. We're just trying to figure out like, is it worth it? Like for me, is my job here on this earth completed? Have I done everything that God wanted me to do before I've been tossed into this situation of this invisible virus that could possibly kill me? And that's, that's a big deal for me. So we had, Stephanie said we had two bus drivers that just died and eight others have it. So who's gonna drive the kids? Right, who's gonna drive the kids? I think in Atlanta, in Georgia, Gwinnett County, they said over 300 people had the infection. In Hillsborough County, Florida, it's like 254 within the school district, you know? So we, we don't know, but are we willing to risk it? Think about Herman Cain. He thought it was a, he thought it was a joke. He thought this ain't real, I'm not wearing a mask, he's dead. One of my colleagues, said in, a, in our meeting, he thought it wasn't real. He's been in the military, retired, retired Navy, been to war, all of that. He said he never ever considered the fact that he would honestly die until he was laid up in that hospital with COVID. Out of everything that he's gone through and everything that he's done, he never thought he would die until he was in that hospital with COVID. And he was like, this is it, I'm, I'm gonna die. And you know, so this is real, but we have to try to figure out what are we gonna do about it? And how do we keep everybody safe? How do we keep everybody safe? How do we keep everybody, try to keep people employed, able to manage, especially when you talk about the education system because the education system employs so many people from teachers, assistant teachers, janitors, bus drivers, principals, admin, support staff, counselors, so many in, in Hillsborough County, the school system is the number one employee, more than 16,000 employees. And if you close down that school system, think about going to unemployment, those people going to unemployment, those people not coming back to education. You have to figure out how do we keep our staff employed and on the payroll so that we don't lose them. So this is really a tough time to be in. And I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. And when I was talking to one of my colleagues about it, she said she had a friend, she has a friend who was working as an assistant principal. And um, she went and did the math and figured out what the difference in pay would be if they went back into the classroom and they left their job as an AP to go back into the classroom because the difference in the money was negligible so you relate you relieve yourself of that responsibility of an ap and go into the classroom where you know that you're off weekends you know you're off by four o'clock you know you know those things are for teachers that those things are definite and you have to kind of play those things out and that's where i am now because i know that 
I want to, I know that I want to do something more. And I thought that I wanted to go into administration, but now it's like, what am I going to do? And when I talked to my faceless love, and that's where I wanted to talk about him, when I talked to him about it, he does this thing of gentle reminding of me that I have established this whole business, that I have my publishing company, and I have clients that I'm publishing for, and then I'm a writer, and then I'm writing, and then I have a podcast, and he reminds me of the greatness in me and the things that I want to do that are independent of other things. My issue with those things is that I've always worked for somebody else. And now when you work for somebody else, they kind of tell you what you're supposed to do. But when you work for yourself, you got to figure it out. And I talked to Stephanie Specialties today who sponsored the Facebook Post of the Week segment. And she's trying to figure out too, how do I grow my business? That's the conversation that the small business owner has. How do I grow my business? Where do I get the capital? What do I do? And, you know, good for her and good for me because we're trying to figure it out. And I know Sheila's on here listening tonight and she does her own baking. She's a baker. She does all these sweet treats. And she has her own business, you know, so we're all trying to figure out how do we do something extra to make sure that we can take care of the things that we need to take care of. And I know that the SBA was giving out small business loans or small business grants. So Stephanie, if you're still listening, go Google that SBA small business grants and maybe you can still get that during COVID. I think it's up to $10,000. So maybe you can still get that to get you a boost because this is the time. If you're a small business owner, this is the time that you can probably get some extra money because of COVID to do some things. Yep. And so we, you know, we those are the things that we have to figure out now. This is where we are with this, our generation is we're now the business owners. And what do we do to get our business to grow? And I really appreciate my faceless love for understanding me and to almost a gentle prodding of you can do it. He is so significant in my life. And I've said this today that I've never, ever met a man capable of everything that I am. And not only capable of it, but encouraging the greatness, encouraging the thoughts and the ideas and supporting. And that's powerful. Like it's it's powerful because as women, we're so apt to put ourselves in a box to try to be pleasing to someone and to hold ourselves hostage in this space, to let people love us in this space. But he just encourages me to be me. So when I have an idea, do it. When I think I think I want to do this, or I think I want to do this, and I was like, I think I'm gonna, he says, Well when you get those that webinar together that you're going to present to those corporations about their employees this and this that's going to be great he reminds me that i have the greatness in me and i shouldn't look outside of me for somebody else to provide that greatness he keeps his finger on my trigger to say everything that you want and everything that you're looking for is already in you and you're talking about it and you're doing it. And he is my, 
he is like my God. He is like that greatness that sees me and pushes it. And not mean at, by any means, but just gentle push, the reminder of you got this. And I love that. I need that. I think we all need that in our lives. I think we all want that person who's capable of who we are. And because I have so much going on inside of me, I think sometimes I forget that he's great in his own right. And I have to stop myself to check him to make sure he's okay. Are you okay? Do you need anything from me? Do you, like, I have to pull myself back to make sure we had a uh, exchange today. He's working on a situation and we had an exchange today, but I was in a meeting and we were texting. When I went back and read it, I was so matter of fact in my response that I ended up calling and he answered the phone and I was like, hey, I just want to make sure you're good. I said, I just want to make sure that um, the conversation was clear and I wasn't harsh in my response and he was like no babe I'm good you know and I was like okay you know but I just had to check that because when I'm doing my thing and he's doing his thing those text messages just flow you know like they're just flowing but I want I needed to hear him his voice to make sure that he knew that my intention was still good that it wasn't anything other than that so you know we just I I, I love him I love him I think I'm, I'm gonna keep him um, the next time he asked me to marry him, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> I'm going to say yes. And he's just such a good guy. And he's so, I appreciate him so much. And that's the thing. I appreciate him. I have, I invited him to a Facebook group that I'm in. And he's become such a part of that family, that Facebook family I call it the COVID connection because we, a group of us have started talking at the beginning of COVID and now we're all these weeks later building a business, the 10 of us, because we shared so much. And he's a part of it. And I love that he respected and trusted me enough to join the huge group of 5,000 and then to become a group, part of the group of 10 to develop this outstanding connection of entrepreneurship and dreams. And, and that just says a lot when somebody trusts you enough to do that. Um, and that's why I wanted to talk about him just a bit. So um, it's 10 o'clock and don't forget if you can follow me on YouTube, follow me on YouTube, please. I need subscribers. My podcast is available. All the great places that podcasts are available. So you can follow me there as well. Everything's on my website. Oh, in September, I'm a featured author on the um, virtual um, literary event out of California. It was supposed to be live, but because of COVID, damn COVID. Um, so maybe next year I get to go to LA for that. Um, so that's on September 26th. I'll give you some more details about it. Hey, Shanita, I'm so happy to see you here. I appreciate you guys so much. Uh, so I'll see you guys next week. Mwah. Remember, when joy is exposed, everything just feels better. Mwah. Bye.